0: Turn with me, please, this morning to uh, 1 Samuel, the second chapter, and let's continue in a subject that we have been on for some weeks now, talking about the honor of God, and we have talked for some weeks about what honor is. Put very simply, honor is value or worth. The word honor literally means heavy or weighty. And uh, in olden times, they didn't have paper currency. They had metal, gold, and silver. And if you went to buy something, if it was expensive, if it was cheap, I should say, you put just a little bit of metal on, on the balance scales to say this is how much it costs, so you weigh the metal. If it's really nice and really expensive, it took a lot of metal. You had to put a lot of silver, a lot of gold on that plate to balance out what it was worth. It was heavy. A heavy price was paid. We use all that terminology still today, don't we? Paying a heavy price. If you're talking about something, is that a good item? Yeah, it's a good heavy item. Is that good? No, it's a little light, cheap thing. Light. Well, concerning the things of God... You and I are to honor him and his people and all his things. How many believe? And in honoring that, that means you value him. You're here this morning because you see a value in going to church. A lot of people are not here this morning. that could be here. Or should be here and in other churches. Why aren't they here? Somebody says, well, they overslept. (laughs) <laughs> well they just had so much to do well they just you know had been so busy they just wanted to spend some time you know with the family or they just wanted to go on a picnic or they wanted to go fishing or whatever it is and nothing wrong with fishing nothing wrong with spending time with the family that's all great and good but if God's not first in your life then you got a problem and you're putting other things first and that's idolatry And it can only lead to big, big problems in your life. And if you don't give God your best, then you're not going to have his best. And you're not going to have his perfect will in your life. And you're going to have a lot of stuff happen that shouldn't have happened. A lot of destruction. A lot of the devil stealing and killing and causing you problems that you shouldn't have gone through. How many know it's like this? If you get on the wrong road, you go through places you wouldn't have gone through. If you'd have been on the right road, you'd have been at the right places. You'd have gone through the right towns and been through, the, saw the right scenery. Well, if you get off on the wrong road and you there's a tree in the road, there's a pothole and you hit it and you you break a shock and and blow out a tire and and then there's some hooligans there and they come rob you. Well, none of that would have happened if you'd have been on the right road. Do you see what I'm talking about? And so people so many times, all these terrible things are happening in their life and going, God, God, why are you doing this to me? He's not doing it to them. He's allowing it to happen. It's not His will. If they'd have been on the right road doing His will, they'd have never gone through a lot of those things. Can you see that? It's amazing. It actually irritates me that people blame God for all the problems and troubles in their life. Listen to this phrase now. To say that everything that has happened in my life. I'm talking about your life, anybody's life. For a person to stand up and say, well, everything that's happened in my life has been the will of perfect will of God. Is the same thing as saying, I've never done anything in my life except the perfect will of God. (laughs) Do you understand that? No, people have stuff happen in their life that's not the will of God. Because they do stuff that's not the will of God. And if you want God's highest and best and perfect will for your life, what do you have to do? Commit to give him your all and to find and do the perfect will of God for your life. Amen? Amen. That's not in my notes, but it's true. First Samuel, second chapter. Are you headed that way at least? This is our text that we've looked at for some weeks. I want us to continue with it. 1 Samuel 2.30. The latter part of it says this. God is speaking. Through a man here. But it's God. God said through the man. For them that honor me. I will honor. They that despise me. Shall be lightly esteemed. Everybody say it out loud with me. Read it together. Them that honor me. I will honor. Let's say it one more time. Them that honor me, I will honor. Who said that? Could you count on that? If you honor him, what happens next? Would that be a good thing? Oh, my. I just got excited about the next thing I'm going to teach you about. (laughs) Not today, I don't think, but. Because we talked for some weeks. About how to honor God. That's the first part. No need in us camping on him honoring us first. Let's talk about us honoring him. Because that's what comes first. That's right. Amen. How do you honor God? And we went into a lot of detail. But we talked about that you honor God. Of course by honoring him personally. Honoring his word. Honoring his spirit. Honoring the blood. Uh, and honoring his people Showing honor to his people and his things. And we said you do that by how you refer to them. You can tell people's degree or lack of honor by how they refer to things and people. You don't refer to this book as that thing. That old book. That shows you don't value it. No, this is the holy, wonderful word of God. You don't refer to your husband as that old grouch are just Bob. No, that's your man of God. That's your husband, your love, the head of your house. You don't refer to your wife as, that's a small old lady. Well, <laughs> she's a pill. <laughs> well, if you believed in the words of your mouth, even if she had been acting like that, you ought not say that. Call those things that be not as though they were. (laughs) Even if she's been acting up or he's been acting up, say, I call her wonderful. I call him strong. Even if he's act like weak-willed and vacillating and immature. Don't say, you know, you're a joke. You're, (laughs) You're pitiful. Words like that can really hurt people. They may, you know, stomp their foot and say something, even cuss or whatever, and, and act like, you know, it didn't mean, but then they'll go off and it hurts them. It got through to them. And, uh, you know, ladies, you know, as a man, let me tell you this, uh, your men, you know, they may try to act tough, but your words can really get to them, you know, and if you act like and say things to the point that you don't believe in them, it really can have an impact on them and hurt them. So you need to believe in your man. A lot of times, you know, a man's counting on that. Well, a woman too, but I'm a man, so I'm talking from a man's perspective. Maybe they feel like that people on the job don't believe in them or that friends have let them down, but they like to feel like they can come home and there's somebody that believes in them. Amen? Amen. And it will stand with them. And uh, let me tell you a little secret here, ladies. If you act like you're ready to go along with your man... Even if you think he's making a mistake, you'll find it'll cause him to be open to listening to you. Amen. Now that's a whole other message. Sorry. Did you understand what I just said? Yeah. If you, Even if you think he's wrong, you think he's about to make a mistake and go the wrong direction. If you say, well, honey, I don't know about that. But hey, I'm with you. If that's what you decide. I'm ready to back you and help you. A lot of times he'll say, okay, great. Then he'll come back around the corner maybe later and say, what do you think about it? Did you hear me? Don't let me get into that. That's another subject there. (laughs) Them that honor me, I will honor. That's really not a diversion from the topic, is it? It's showing honor. And if you say, well, they just don't honor me. What's the first thing you should check? Do you honor them? Because you're reaping what you're sowing. Well, nobody shows me any respect. Are you sowing respect? Are you sowing honor? Because it's just a fact that you reap what you sow. Now, we went into detail, like I said, about how you refer to people and things, preferring people and things, deferring people. people and things and conferring gifts and things. I won't go through all that because we've already taught on that. But now we've gotten into if you honor God through all these things, He's going to honor you. And we talked and shouted about the truth that God honors us by choosing us. Are you still happy about that? Oh, He chose us. Out of all the people that have ever lived or ever will live before we were ever conceived. Before we ever drew a breath. He knew us. Amen. I said he knew. It. He knows the end from the beginning. He knew us before we were ever conceived. And he knew we would say yes to him. He knew the kind of person we would be even in spite of our mistakes and failures. That we would come to him and want him and love him. And he chose us yep. to be a part of his eternal family. He chose us to invest into. This is faith school. We're being trained. This life is not the whole. This is barely the beginning. The end of this life is barely the beginning. We're being trained to rule and to reign with Him. In His kingdom throughout eternity. Being trained. Amen. Taught and trained to be kings and priests. Unto our God forever, a place higher than angels. Everybody say, he chose me. me. Say it again, "He he chose me. Chosen of God. Oh my, what a thought. But we began talking about last week, another way that God honors us. He honors us by using us. By using us. I want you to go with me in Scripture to 1 Timothy 1, and also while you're turning, go to uh, Ephesians 4. I tell you, for time's sake, just go straight to Ephesians. Ephesians 4. It's where we're, I was going to take you to 1 Timothy 1.12, but let's just go straight to uh, Ephesians 4. God honors us by choosing us. We're thankful for that. He chose us to be born again. He chose us to uh, rule and reign with Him. He chose us to have a part in His eternal kingdom. But He also chooses from among us individuals to do specific jobs. And he has placed in the body of Christ every everyone, every member as it has pleased him, the scripture said. So in Ephesians 4, notice this language. Ephesians 4, let me just start at verse 1. I, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Now he's talking to the whole church at Ephesus. With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, even as you're called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who's above all and through all and in you all. You know, sometimes there are groups that, that either leave the impression or they just come right out and say it, if you're not part of our church, you're not saved. If you're not part of our group, you can't know God. Well, there's only one church. There's only one body, and it's a universal body. Amen. Someone says, well, we're all the children of God in the earth. No, we're not. Some are children of the devil. You have to, You must be born again. There are really only two families in the earth. Makes no difference what color you are, what your culture, your background, your nationality, your, none of that matters. It's you're either born again or you're not. If you're born again, you're in the family of God. God is your father. If you're not born again, God is not your father. The devil is. And there is no denomination that's the only one that's saved. There is no church that's the only If you're not a part of that church, then you're not saved. The church is not the Savior. Jesus is the Savior. He's the head of the body. Man is not the Savior. And there's only one man, one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. You don't have to go to any man to get your prayers answered. You don't have to go through, through any man to get your sins forgiven. Did you hear me? Mm -mm. Just the man, Christ Jesus. Now in uh, Ephesians 7, I want you to notice this carefully. But unto what? Unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Unto who? Every one of us is given grace. For what? To do a job in the earth. Every one of us is graced. Say every one. Are you do you have grace in your life? To do something that would help people? It's sad, but a lot of folk have never even realized their graces and their gifts and abilities. But you do. Just settle it in your heart. I'm graced. (laughs) I'm gifted. To help others. I mean, I might have a grace and gift in one area that would help others in a strong way, but you might have a grace and a gift in another area that I don't have. And all through the body, we have graces. Romans 12 says grace and gifts differing, not all the same. We're all good at different things that help people. Can you say amen? Amen. He went on to say that when he ascended, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. And verse 11 talks about him giving apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and all are yours. You don't have to pick and choose between preachers. They're all yours. Amen. Benefit from all the ministry gifts. If you go here, not at all do I think you ought to just listen to me only. I don't know everything. I'm not called and anointed in all areas. Nobody is. And the Lord will hook you with numerous good ministries. To feed off of. And to hear from. Get blessed and enriched by. Why? So you can sit on the sofa and go. Whoo, I'm blessed. (laughs) Man I feed off all these ministries. Ooh, that was good. That was a good message from brother so and so. Ooh, that was a good one from sister so-and-so. Ooh, that was good. Man, I'm so blessed. I think I'm just going to float off his couch. <laughs> Is that the ultimate? No. Huh? No. no. What's supposed to happen? You get built up. You get enlightened. Your faith gets fed. You get stirred up. And you are used Of God to help somebody, can you say Amen? Amen. You are used of God. That doesn't mean you got to preach everybody a message. That doesn't mean you got to prophesy to everybody. Doesn't mean see people they get mixed up things in their head. They think, well, I got to do something spiritual, (laughs) and so they just they try to work themselves up into a frenzy and. Their eyes roll back in their head and they talk in tongues and spit on somebody and shake somebody and try to minister to them and run them off. Scare them. Because so much of it was, or all of it was just flesh. You don't have to try to act spiritual in your thinking to minister to somebody. It's not impressing them with your spirituality. It's not impressing them with your knowledge of the scriptures. It's you genuinely loving somebody, genuinely caring about what's going on in their life and seeing what can I do to help them. Might be as simple as putting your arm around them saying, look, I'm believing with you. You're going to come out of this. Don't give up now. I'm with you. I'm believing with you. I'm expecting with you. Might be as simple as writing a check and Buying them lunch or helping them get caught up in something. Going over to the house and helping them clean it. Did you hear me? Watching their kids so they can get out. That's love, isn't it? See, a lot of people don't want to think like that. They just want to prophesy. saith <laughs> the, the Lord be blessed. I got to go. <laughs> I believe in prophecy. Don't misunderstand me. But how many understand the scriptures talk about it's not enough to say, hey, be warmed, be filled, but I got to go. And we live in a society where people have drawn into their own lives and don't have time for other people because they're so busy with their own life. That's not right. I said, if you're too busy to help other people, you're out of the perfect will of God. And if it meant quitting a job, if it meant selling a business, if it meant moving somewhere, if it meant leaving a house, if it meant getting rid of some stuff and hobbies and projects and pastimes and this and that, you got to get your priorities right. Amen. 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 We are alive to serve God. That's why our heart beats. That's why the world's turning and the sun is shining and we take another breath because God is real. He's alive. He made us. Amen. We're not just here to do our thing. We're here to find out his will for us and to do it. And to please him. And you can be assured that doing his will for your life is going to involve helping somebody. Amen. Amen. That's why I cannot agree to these folk that say, well, God called me to go off by myself and live a secluded life. And all I do is pray and minister to God. I don't believe it. I said, I don't believe it. Is that what Jesus did? Who's your example? Who's the ultimate example of what a child of God, a man of God, a woman of God, a Christian is supposed to be? Did Jesus go off and become a monk? Hmm? Did he hide off somewhere from society and just pray all the time? No, he didn't. He got in the middle of the people. Amen? Amen. The common people loved him. Prostitutes enjoyed hearing him. Amen. Crooked, lying tax collectors wanted him to come to their house. Is that right? He wasn't condescending. He didn't act superior. He didn't say sin was okay. He didn't get into their sin with them. But he loved them. Amen. And he was there to help. With anointed word and with anointed ministry. Teachings that liberated. Can you be a part of that? Amen. You don't have to be a preacher per se. But you can be a witness. Everybody say witness. witness. Say it out loud, I'm a witness. I'm a witness. I, am I am a witness. witness. Do you remember? Uh, be turning to First Peter please. Well, I mentioned this passage to 1 Peter 4. Do you remember Acts, the first chapter, where he told them, tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Is that right? Well, he said that in Luke uh, 24, and then he talked about in Acts 1 on the day of Pentecost. He said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come on you. And you'll sit in the living room and go, whoo, whoo, <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> now you'll do what? You show, some of you act like you don't know what that is. Good. Hold your place. Go to Acts. Turn there. Acts 1, 8. Then we're going to First Peter 4. Acts 1, 8. But you Who? Is this just for preachers? No. Every believer has a right to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Born of the Spirit and then overflowed and filled with the Holy Spirit. There is an experience subsequent to the new birth called the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It is an endowment of power from on high enabling one to be a witness. Amen. Somebody said, well, I've been born again. I have the Spirit in me. Yeah, you do. But you need to be filled, overflowing, and the Spirit upon you too. Amen. And have the power in your life to be the witness. And it will include speaking with tongues. Somebody said, well, I don't believe in that. Well, that's sad because you need to be believing in that. <laughs> well, that's not for everybody. It is for everybody. Yes, it is. Amen. <laughs> There's not one of us that doesn't need this endowment of power from on high and doesn't need to be able to pray beyond our limited understanding. No, thank God praying in tongues is wonderful. Oh, I was a Christian. I grew up and was in a Baptist church for a while. I love the Baptist. I was in a Church of God church for a while. I love the Church of God. I was in a Pentecostal church for a while. I love the Pentecostals. And I was a Christian for some years that did not speak with tongues. Definitely born again, but not filled with the Spirit. And uh, finally, I had some confusion and misunderstanding about it, but finally, thank God, got filled with the same Spirit I was born again of, and now for many years have been a tongue talker. And so if you don't talk in tongues, you're not qualified to say anything about it. You don't know anything about it. I was a Christian that didn't talk in tongues. Now I'm a Christian who does speak with tongues. With is much better. Amen. 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 Now, if you hadn't been filled, don't say a word. You don't know what you're talking about. But I encourage you. If you hadn't come in, come on in. Amen. Now that doesn't mean so well, you're saying we don't know God. No, I didn't say you don't know God. No. We say, we're not, certainly you're saved, you're not a candidate to be filled until you are born again. Amen. And uh, no detraction at all. I mean, you might be smarter about a lot of things that I am. You might have done a lot of things I haven't done. But I know this, you could do even more. Amen. With the infilling and overflow of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Acts 1.8, you shall receive what? Power. Power. You like power? Man, I've always liked power. Woo! I wanted everything I had to have power. My dad bought me a minibike. First thing I did was take the muffler off. (laughs) Found the governor screw and took it off. I wanted that thing to shake the windows when I drove by the front yard. When I was able to get a dog, I wanted a dog. I'm not a little yipper-yapper. I wanted a dog. A Doberman, a Rottweiler, some, a big dog. And we wound up getting a little dog. (laughs) Later, Phyllis has a little dog. Well, I had Dobermans and Rottweilers and all that. And, you know, and I I changed my thinking a little bit. You know, she's not a big dog, but she's all the dog she can be. And that's what counts, right? I mean, (laughs) maximize what you are. You shall receive what? Everybody say power. Power Power after the Holy Ghost. Is come on you. And you shall. Go a witnessing. From time to time. Hmm. Once in a while. You shall meet up at the church. And go a witnessing. Huh. No. No. You shall receive power. What you gonna do with this power? Sit on the couch and go, whoo! (laughs) No? With this power, this includes the grace that you're graced with, the gifts, the anointing, your abilities. You shall be witnesses unto me. Everybody say, be witnesses. Being a witness is not something you do on occasion. It's something you are. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, night and day, everywhere you are, everything you do, you are a witness. Amen? Either a good one or a bad one or a lukewarm one or something, but you are a witness and people are watching you. Aren't they? People are watching this church. They're watching me. They're watching you. And even though they might say negative things about it, they secretly want to see us succeed. Because they want it to be real. And they've seen so much junk and they've seen people lie and steal and be unfaithful and do all kind of stuff. And they just shake their head and go, well, you know, I figured that much. Because they're sinners and that's what they do. And so that's what they expect you to do. And they haven't experienced the power to live free. But you can live free. I said you can live free. You can be an overcomer. You can be strong enough in your spirit. To say no to sin. And not yield. And not give in. Can you? You can by the grace of God. You can believe and pray. And overcome sickness. And live instead of die. You can pray and believe over your kids. And then be whole and be kept and protected. Amen. You can speak over your mind and be sharp and clear and develop beyond where you thought you could. You can rise up in finances and pay off your debts. Work for yourself and have your own business. Have witty ideas. and Amen. People are watching you. Aren't they? And this is what they, they don't want to hear somebody preaching at them again. They want to see somebody that's getting results in their life. Amen. They want to see somebody that God is real to. You mean you really got healed? Healing? I thought they all passed away. You said, not at my house. <laughs> yeah, we got healed. You mean God really dealt with those people and money came to you and you were able to pay that off? God cares about paying your car off? See, most of the world does not know a good God like this. They've been lied to. They don't know God is this good. Is he good? Yes. Is he a good father? Yes. Does he give good things to them that ask him? Yes. And they are supposed to be seeing it in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Seeing the reality of God in your life. And that opens the door for you to minister to them. Amen. Amen. Not to preach them a message per se. Not to have to quote a bunch of scripture to them. But to be real love to them and be a real friend to them. And show them, so even, you don't have to call it faith. You don't have to quote a scripture. You can just say, you know, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to believe that this changes for you. And then do it, let them see the results. Let them get hungry and come ask you then. Amen? You want people, even your own family, and particularly your own relatives, your brothers, your sisters your immediate family and your cousins, watch and be careful, beware of saying too much to them about the Lord. Did you hear me? Let them see it in your life. Let them see, be a witness in your, don't be preaching at them all the time and them don't want to hear it. Didn't the Bible say don't cast your pearls before swine? Yeah. Don't give that which is holy to the dogs. What does that mean? Don't give people precious things and they don't want to hear it. When you can tell people don't want to hear what you're saying. Be quiet. Immediately. Zip it. Just quit. Let them see reality of God. Some of this takes months. Some of it takes years. Did you hear me? We've had friends and relatives in our family. It took 10 years. It took 15 years. But eventually they came around and said. Now uh, we know where you used to be. (laughs) And we know what you used to be. And we see something has happened for you. How did this happen? Now the door's open, right? They want to know. They're curious. But why do they want to know? Because they have seen. Everybody say see. see. They saw results of you living as a witness of his. The power of God in your life. Uh, are you in First Peter 4? Everybody say, I am, I am a witness. I have power in my life. To be a witness. Amen. Amen. People are watching you. And they should be seeing some good things. Don't try to hard sell Jesus. Don't try to push Jesus off on people. Don't try to shove the gospel down their throat. Don't do that. I had a fellow one time riding with me on a commercial airliner years ago. And and Phyllis is usually with me on meetings. But that particular time she wasn't. And this guy sat beside me. And... uh, Uh, I had my little testament and I didn't do anything just obvious. I tried to kind of hold it over to the side and I wasn't ashamed, but I don't, I'm not trying to start any conversation per se. I'm reading. And finally he looked at me, he said, what do you do? And I told him, he said, oh, (laughs) and I could tell, you know, he wasn't impressed. And uh, I asked him what he did and he told me. And so uh, I didn't bug him. I could tell he didn't want to hear anything. And so I didn't. Do you, somebody says, well, I don't know that I believe that. I believe you're supposed to pursue it. Do you understand? Jesus told certain individuals, don't go into that town. Don't even tell what happened to you. Why? They didn't respect the things of God. They didn't want to hear it. Is that right? So they weren't worthy of hearing it. They didn't value it. They didn't honor it. What did the Lord say? Them that honor me, I will honor. Those that despise me, what will happen to them? They will be lightly esteemed. Remember the Apostle Paul stood up on different occasions. When the Jews were pitching such a fit and blaspheming, he said, okay, all right. I mean, it's off my hands. I'm going to the Gentiles. You have judged yourself unworthy. You don't want to hear this? Fine. I'll go find somebody that does. So sometimes we haven't thought right. We thought we have to beg people and and try to push it off on people. Jesus didn't. We're not supposed to. This fellow finally said, so you're a preacher. I said, yeah, preacher, teacher, singer, prayer. (laughs) And uh, so I could tell he was waiting for me to preach at him. And I just never did. I kept him waiting. So finally, he couldn't stand it. He started asking me questions. He said, You reading your Bible there? I said, Yeah, a little bit. And so he kept interrupting me, you know. Everybody knows we're supposed to be fishers of men. You understand? You don't put your lure on the line and run out and go, Bite it! Bite it! I said, Bite! Now! You're not a good fisher. What do you got to do? First of all, you got to find the right bait, the right lure for the fish. That Not every fish wants to bite just everything. That's the way people are. And then you got to throw it out there and wait. Move it a little bit. Because that fish has got to get to wanting it. Right? He's got to get to wanting it enough till he just casts caution to the wind and swallows that thing. That's the way people are. And he didn't know that's what I was doing with him. I threw the fly over there and I just moved it a little bit. (laughs) And he circled around, looked at the fly and said, what you reading over there? I said, well, the Bible. And so he wants to bring up religious questions about which denomination is right. I want to know, he expected me to try to sell him on my denomination. He didn't know I didn't have one. (laughs) I love them all anybody that loves Jesus I love them so he started trying to tell me this and finally I, I closed my Bible he wouldn't hush you know and I said well I said to me that's not really the thing I said you know you can join a church and be lost you can be baptized in water and be lost you can be baptized as an infant and be lost you can cross yourself a thousand times and be lost he looked at me I said, it's about knowing Jesus personally. No. Jesus is, is real to me and more real to me than my mother or my father or my wife. He's real to me. And that's what salvation's about. And I went back to reading. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, he wanted to know some more. He said, How'd you get to know him? <laughs> well, now we got something to work with here, right? And I did, I prayed with him. But do you see what I'm talking about? Now, a lot of times, people think in their mind, that's the biggest thing they think of as reaching the lost. As going out and finding somebody you don't know and getting them to pray the sinner's prayer. That is a very limited concept of evangelism. A lot of times, there are cases just like this one where you will have opportunity to minister to somebody you don't know. But, Don't look at that as the big bulk of your outreach because that's not the end. If that person does get saved, that's the beginning. They now need to get somewhere to get fed, to get discipled, to begin to grow so that they don't slip back into the old lifestyle, right? And so because of that, the Lord's going to use you more with people who know you. And people you know and people you get to know and develop relationships. Because he's not just interested in people getting born again. He's interested in people growing up as sons and daughters of his. That takes time. That takes involvement in your life. And that's going to come through relationships. Everybody say relationships. relationships. Relationships and friendships. And that's what the Lord is counting on. That's what I'm counting on with you in this church that you are not so consumed with your own life that you let God build you up in this church and in your own private fellowship with him and that you are available and you make friends here and on the job and at school and other places and you don't try to push Jesus down their throat but that they can see Jesus in your life. They can see results in your family and you are ministering to people all the time. Without even calling it ministry necessarily. But you are. People get ministered to just by hanging with you. Just by going to lunch. And you didn't even quote a scripture. But they just like being around you. Because you have life. Because you're not depressed. Because you're free. You have faith. Amen? Amen. That's being a witness. In 1 Peter 4. And I think I'm closing. 1 Peter. The 4th chapter. And the 7th verse. Man, this was a great passage of scripture, like they all are. He said, the end of all things is at hand. This was written how long ago? <laughs> Many centuries ago. And if the end of all things was at hand then, what is it now? Whew. We're closer than anybody's ever been to the end of all things. That's a fact. Be ye therefore What? Sober, and watch unto prayer, and above all things, now did you hear this? Above all things, have fervent love among yourselves. No wonder the Lord told me, teach the people how to love each other. Amen. Above all things, have what? Love. Fervent love. This is not You know, passive, this is aggressive love. Fervent love. I mean, you get up in the morning and you're thinking about people. How can I help them? Somebody comes to work, a new person at your job. And, you know, don't bug them and pester them and make them think you're a religious nut. I mean, just love them and pray for them and care about them and be a friend. Amen. Amen. Realize Christians have a language of their own. Sanctified, redeemed, Holy Ghost. Ghosts? Sometimes you have to realize how people are hearing you. Huh? You shake and talk in tongues and talk about ghosts? You'll scare them. Right? They're not ready for all that yet. They need a friend. Somebody that cares where they live or die. Somebody that doesn't want something from them. Wants to give them something. And after a while they'll want to know who your best friend is. And you'll introduce them to him. He says, have fervent love among yourselves. For love will cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. Or one translation says, without grumbling. I've said it again. I'm going to keep saying it. I guess as long as I'm around here you'll hear me say this. It is music to my ears when I hear that you have been hospitable to somebody. You have blessed somebody. We get notes all the time. They keep coming in. I came to your church and oh, everybody was so nice to me. People just loved me and hugged me and put money in my pocket and Somebody paid my hotel bill. Somebody filled my tank with gas before I left town. Somebody fed me and wouldn't let me pay. Uh, Somebody gave me a shirt. Somebody gave me a knife. Somebody blessed me. Somebody bought me a ticket to a show. Oh, I love it. Do you like that? That is part of our Christian witness. Amen. We're givers. Is it biblical? Is it scriptural? Fervent love among yourselves. Use hospitality toward one another everybody say hospitality is this a hospitable church do we excel in hospitality believe with me pray with me about this we're going to develop resources we're going to have a bunch of money amen we're going to do stuff for people and not scrimp right we'll bless people we'll fly people in from other countries how about that fly missionaries in is that right Put them in a nice place. Man, it can be encouraging. Take a man in, take a woman in. We took some people just not long ago and ran them up to Springfield and took them in some shops and just said, get you some stuff, buy some, get one of those shirts, get that dress, get that outfit, get those pants, and bought them some new stuff. That encourages you. Doesn't it? Am I the only one that can do that? You can do that. I so, say well I wish I could if I, if I could afford it I'd sure like to you ain't got it yet <laughs> say I can do it can. it starts inside it starts with a vision it starts in your mouth start believing it and you don't have to wait till you can buy somebody a thousand dollars something buy them a ten dollars something buy them a five dollars something amen? amen and don't just do it off the top of your head you can waste money you can waste seed like that be led The Lord will show you, he'll hook you up, you'll be at the right place at the right time and they'll be looking at something and you'll have the money in your pocket to do it. Amen? And it'll be a blessing and it'll be expression of the love of God. And they'll go home thinking, God loves me. Why would he deal with them to do that? I mean, just do, do spontaneous things by the direction and leading of the Spirit. Phyllis and I have stopped before and somebody was at a pump, you know, pumping their gas. We didn't know them, never saw them before and just jumped out and paid for it. In line with somebody in the cafeteria, never saw them before in our life and said, put their ticket on ours. They said, do we know you? He said, no. (laughs) And I remember those guys in that cafeteria, they came over and an older couple and and they came over and said, why'd you do that? We said, I said, we're Christians. They said, We are too. I said, Great. (laughs) He looked at me and shook his head. Went back to (laughs) Some people don't they have not a clue how to receive. They don't even understand that God is a good God and that these kind of things should be happening all over the body. Am I the only one that can do that? No. Certainly. I know you've done things like this. Some of you hadn't done as much. Stir up. I'm a witness, say it out loud. I'm a witness. He said, use hospitality one to another without grudging, without grumbling. Oh, i got a bunch of people come in. Now I'm going to have to cook for them. What am I going to do? No grumbling. (laughs) Everybody say, no grumbling. Rejoice that you got a place where you could entertain. Be glad that you could buy food. Amen. 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 Be glad. Rejoice. Don't treat it as an expense. Treat it as sowing. Sowing, investing, where you get a return on your seed sown. As every man, verse 10, every man, as every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If you use what you have to minister to others, he'll give you more. He'll increase. If you're a good steward... Of what he's given you. He goes on to say. If any man speak. Let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister. Let him do it as the ability. Which God gives. That God in all things may be glorified. Through Jesus Christ. To whom be praise and dominion. Forever and ever. Amen. God's graced you. He's called you. He's equipped you. He's empowered you. He's enabled you. Not just to sit on the couch and go. Ooh. But to make a difference in somebody's life. Amen. Amen. We are a church full of witnesses. And a church full of ministers. The word minister literally means to serve. And we're talking about service. You're called to be a good soldier in the army of the Lord. The Bible talks about. Are you in the service? Do you have a service? Yes Yes, you do. You're in the service. Are you of service? Sometimes you hear people. They talk about well you know. I just, you know, so much is going on and they just keep using me to do this and, and doing that and, and I just feel like I'm being used. Same people that for months and years got on the floor and cried, oh God, use me. Oh God, use me. Please, God, use me. Let me become useful some way. And now they're going, I just feel like I'm being used. Well now, which one, you can't have it both ways. You either want to be used or you don't. Being used of God, being of service, is going to impact and affect your schedule. It's going to get into your lifestyle, right? It's not always going to be convenient for you. It's not always going to seem like a good time money-wise. But friend, when people need you, that's when they need you. Not when it's convenient for you. And by the grace of God, you can be used to meet needs all over the place. Stand up on your feet, why don't you? Lift up your hands and give God praise for calling you, anointing you. Giving you the ability and opportunity to be used of him. I want us to pray a prayer and make a commitment. Hallelujah. You said out loud, thank you Father. For being so good to me. Thank you for choosing me. What an honor it is. To be chosen of you. And thank you. For using me. To be a witness. To be a light, to be a representative of you, an ambassador of yours, thank you. I believe you can use me to make a difference in other people's lives, to minister to others, to be of service to the church, to your kingdom. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Just lift your hands and praise Him a little bit longer. Father, I just pray your your anointing over the people. And I ask for an enriching. I ask for an increase in ability and grace and anointing. People who've not found their grace yet, help them to identify it. People who have not found their gifts and callings and anointings yet, help them to see it. Remind them. Help them to see it clearly and know what their grace and their abilities are, where their place to operate is in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord. And I say it out loud, this church will not be a church of spectators. This church will not just be a church of receivers and takers only. This church is a church of givers, a church of ministers, a church of servants of the Lord full-time.